Hi, and welcome to the Savage Podcast. I'm Rose, and I'm a content creator going by the handle Cheap Lazy Vegan. And I also own a vegan cafe by the same name as the podcast, which is Savage Cafe. And I'm Daniel, also a vegan and one of your favorite guest stars on Cheap Lazy Vegan's YouTube channel. We're two friends currently living in different countries, and we'll be giving our savage take on all things life, veganism, and the latest trending topics. So basically, whatever comes to our minds, because we love to talk. You are currently listening to the previous episode of this podcast, but if you would like to listen to this week's episode and get some exclusive content, go over to patreon.com slash the savage podcast. Episode seven, we are joined once again by Mm -hmm. Nari. Yes, we are. (laughs) What do you have to say for yourself, Nari? I like how she doesn't say anything. She just looks at it. It's like, be careful. She might start chewing it or something, you know? I know. She totally will. Anyways, uh, are we already rolling? Are we going? We've already started. I've got the garage band going. I've got the video going. Oh, God. And I got Nari going. You've got Nari going in some kind of jungle forestation. (laughs) This be my parental, (laughs) the forestation. This be my parental's house. Okay. Do they like plants? (laughs) (laughs) I think they might, you know, Uh, know (laughs) it does look, it does look insane. They have so many plants (laughs) and there's more that you can't see. Like there's more here. I don't know. There's more here. (laughs) I remember when I like, cause I hadn't been to your house for a while. And then when I was back in Calgary, I think your parents like either the plants have gotten bigger than I remember, or there's a lot more of them. Cause I remember, I think they've grown out of control. I remember when I came to your house and I was in Calgary this year, I was just like, Holy shit. There's so many plants. Oh God, there's so many. And like somehow they're all alive because I don't know how to keep plants yeah. alive. I don't no, know about I'm you, I'm but like same. everything I seem to, yeah, they all die. Like, I don't know what I'm doing it's, wrong. It's like, I feel like my, well, I think it's not just me. I think it's my particular family is cursed because like my parents, every time they get plants. <laughs> so like my grandma, she's okay keeping plants. And then when she left Canada, she like gave my parents a bunch of plants, like a little tree and all this like really nice stuff. Oh no. And it all just died. <laughs> No, it's so sad when they die. Seriously, because you're like, they're like, you know, they're like your little babies. And then when they start dying, you're like, oh my God, what do I do? And then you water it again. And then you're like, no, this isn't helping. Anyways. It's a whole, it's a whole plant thing and I don't know what to exactly. do about well, it. I had, I had, um, but apparently I need to get some advice from I my know, parents because clearly they know how to raise your plants. Your parents, they, have a, a, <laughs> they literally have a forest in there. <laughs> oh gosh. Anyway. <laughs> we also got the, 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 the wild beast over <laughs> yeah. here. Goes well with the jungle. Okay, sorry about all that, no guys. Whew, is it episode seven, or was I was I just no, guessing? No, this is episode seven. This seven. It is, it is, I think it's seven. <laughs> yeah, I think it is episode yeah. seven. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. All right, guys. Well, it's very confusing because we've been recording like crazy. I know, this be our fourth. Have we not, this is Daniel? Our fourth podcast in in two days. I know. So, what are we doing? Are we becoming workaholics? Um, is that slightly. what's happening? I think it's it's going to be crazy. Oh, God damn. I even, I even... I am inflicting my workaholic nature to you, Daniel. How do you feel it's about fine. this? I even sent a, um, I sent a text to Christelle because obviously we're going to Barcelona and stuff. And I was like, one of the days, I was like, one of the days we might just have to have it because we're there for a while, right? Like, so I was like... How long are you there we're for? We're there for like five days. Okay, that's not too, yeah. too long. And but I okay. said one of the days I might have to like chill in a coffee shop and do some work because uh, there'd be so much stuff to do. Oh, God damn. Look at you being a digital oh, nomad. God. That's the dream, you know? God damn. <laughs> Is that the yeah. dream? <laughs> um, but yeah, so episode seven. What, um, What's our topic so again? So our topic oh, today, um, which... It, well, what am I trying to say? Our topic today is like life, the like kind of the truth about life in a big city. Um, Rose and the truth, our, our truth. truth, yeah, not the That's truth. It. Our, it's not actually yeah, the truth. Our <laughs> truth about life in a big city, especially like um, yeah. some of the misconceptions, some of the pros, some of the cons. I think for me, my experience of life in a truly big city was when I lived in London, because um, I think Calgary is a big city, but it's not that big. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a I wouldn't consider Calgary a no, big city. I, like a, I mean, what's considered a big city? It's just yeah, a city. I think if it's like over over a couple million, then I think it's starting to be considered big. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, maybe. Because yeah. like Vancouver would be probably be a big city, right? Like, and that's a couple million. Yeah. Yes, I think Vancouver, Toronto would be considered Montreal. big cities. Calgary, I would say, is like you know, 
Yeah, Montreal. I don't know how many people live in Montreal. It must be bigger yeah, than Calgary, like three right? Three or four million in Montreal. <laughs> now he just keeps bringing me different <laughs> toys. <laughs> This breaks my heart. Look at her she's face. So like, seriously, I can't. Anyways, she's yeah. so cute. Anyways, um, well, before, do we have any life updates considering we just recorded? I know. I'm trying to... Th- three podcasts. What's my life update? Um, Anything interesting in your life that has happened in the last two weeks that you didn't discuss in the last three episodes? <laughs> no. I mean, there's there's some... It's not really a life update. It's like things that I need to do in the next couple of weeks. Um edit this well, podcast. Yeah, edit this podcast. That's one thing. Well, edit like seven bazillion podcasts. Um, <laughs> and then another thing that I have to do is, which I'm excited about, but also like a bit nervous as hell. So as a lot of you may know that are listening, um, so I'm currently in Spain. However, my contract is up for teaching at the end of May. Um, and at that time I'm going to be, well, not right at the end of May, but I need to book my flight, uh, back to Calgary, my one way ticket. So that's kind of Back to Calgary, meaning back home. I know that's been on my mind, so I'm just back home. And I'm gonna have to start looking at jobs as well, which is like, oh, oh god. Or maybe this will take off. (laughs) (laughs) One can only dream, you know. One can. One can only hope. Can you imagine if this was our job? Just this would be amazing. I would love it. Like it would just be so fun. I know, right? Because we're both like we both love talking, so. Yeah. It's like we're having our own talk show, but it's like very mm-hmm. cash. And I feel like I can find myself becoming more and more casual. Like I I feel like the first episode I was like dressed yeah. up. I had makeup on, had my hair did. Now I just like roll out mm-hmm. of bed. The first one, the one that we just recorded, I was literally just in my <laughs> yeah. pajamas. But this is what, one of the things I think we should try to do. Cause you know, we kind of talked about it like literally the last, like an hour ago. Um, but it's mm-hmm. like, you know, potentially maybe get some other people on that we like interview and stuff. Because I think that... Yes, I think that is the yeah, future. I think we'll, we'll keep going with this. And we're going to be doing it, like we said in our New Year's one, we're going to be doing this um, every week. Um, so we're going to be doing it four times a month. And one of those will be exclusive for Patreon. Um, so we're going to be podcasting a lot. But I think as we move forward, yeah, it'll be really cool to like interview some people and like, I don't know, see where it goes. Oh, God damn. We're going to have to figure out the logistics exactly. of that. Because, well, I, I, I mean, we already fighting for my space. I know, space. this is so true. But I think... I think <laughs> Imagine a third person oh, in God here. Damn. God damn. We, 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 we wouldn't give them any airtime, would we? It would just be like... I know, we'd just be I talking. Know, we'd be like, oh, we have this lovely <laughs> guest on who never speaks. Because <laughs> we're just talking the whole time. Um, that would be the ideal guest for us, yeah. Daniel. But I think we could brainstorm ideas. And I think it will be easier like when I'm in Calgary. Because then we could record in a space like in your building or something, right? It's where we could like sit down yeah. and us be with somebody like a talk show. Yes. I do have a nice little common area that I can book and we can probably record some podcasts there. Amazing. Um, But then like, what the fuck? Like, who are we going to invite that's from Calgary? I think we'd have to invite people that are like not, that are like remote. Yeah, so we, you well, know what I mean? The, thing, the beauty of it is I, it's going to be so much easier for us to like, you know, do this when we're in the same city. Cause then we can, you're right. Like, right. So, if you guys have any ideas that are listening, um, just give us some <laughs> give us some suggestions of people maybe you'd want us to talk to or like some ideas that you guys have. Like feel free because again, yeah. we're open to suggestions and ideas. We'll have our own, of course, but like um, you know, any thoughts and ideas of, of who who you'd like us to talk to oh, or, or topics. So yeah. But we're kind of all over the place. We're kind of all over the yeah. place. I mean we are. <laughs> so it's like What's our podcast about even? I don't it's even like a, know. It's like a, well, like we said before, it's like us just generally having a chat about a variety of topics and people just kind of joining mm-hmm. us in our little conversation, you know? Okay. I like the way you describe mm-hmm. it, Coming Daniel. On the Daniel. You've convinced get, me. You've sold me. Getting on the me. Daniel and Rose roller coaster. <laughs> oh, God damn. Yeah. It'd be a wild oh, God, one. It'd be a topsy-turvy <laughs> one. And if you get out of oh, line, God Rose damn. will smack you back in order. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my Nari is like totally just whimpering. Oh my god. I I I'm such a crazy dog lady. I like like I can't stop talking about the dog. Like seriously. This little shit of a dog that I love so much. Mm. <laughs> so but she's so smart that she like knows how to like manipulate me. I swear to God. Yeah. So like the other day I was taking her out for a walk and like when it gets kind of cold, I don't know if I told this in this podcast, but when mm. it's get when it gets kind of cold here, I try to put on like a little sweater on her, right? Yeah. Which is so cute and she hates clothes so i still put it on her and what happens when i put it on her is she freezes her body just like freezes because she's so (laughs) like she hates it yeah and then not only that but i'm like okay but like last time like one time the first time i put it on her she still went for the walk anyways Mm. but then now when i put it on her she does not move she freezes and she doesn't move i'm like come on let's go for the walk she doesn't move oh my god i tried to bribe her with treats 
I try to give her treats and she doesn't move. She just stands still in the sweater. Yes. Yes. It's her protest. She's protesting. Oh my God. That's so funny. Right. And then I'm thinking, oh shit, like maybe she's sick. I'm thinking like, oh, maybe Mm. she doesn't want to go for a walk. And then so like just to test, I take, I take off the sweater and immediately as soon as I take off the sweater, she's like, okay, let's go. That's this amazing. little shit. She, yes. So now she knows how to. She just knows how to manipulate the situation. Yeah. Mm. She takes after Anyways. her. She takes after you, Rose. <laughs> oh goddamn! <laughs> if I was that smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, whew, how do we have so much to say, Daniel? I don't know. Consider. Can we talk about that for a second? We have been, this is our fourth hour of talking, Rose. Like, I mean. We've just been talking. Do we have For a, the last, like, two days. Do we have a problem? <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, I think in one hand, I think it's good because, like, you know, we'll never be bored. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is very true. <laughs> we just have so much to say. Exactly. We have just a lot to talk about. But it's, lot- it's, it's you and I together. Mm. I don't always have so much to say with everyone. You know yeah, what I'm no, saying? No, no, that's true. That's true. When you and I are together, it's just a constant flow of conversation, which mm-hmm. I love. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's never there's never a quiet or dull moment when when we're together. That's, oh God! Be it quiet. Tra- never a quiet moment. No, be it traveling, <laughs> be it especially drinking. Um, oh God damn! <laughs> oh God damn! So shall we? Speaking of which, we need to record our second part of the drinking. Oh yes, stories right. podcast, which we can do very soon. Oh. What is the topic of discussion, Daniel? So the topic was life or the our, our savage truth of living in a big city. <laughs> All right. So Daniel and I thought it'd be interesting to mainly mm-hmm. talk about our experience living in London. Yeah. Because London is a big city, I believe. But no, and, it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Daniel and I both lived there for a bit. I lived yeah. there for two years total. Yeah. And how many years did you live there, Dan? Um, so I lived there for nearly four years. God damn. Which is crazy. And Daniel, I feel like, is a little country boy at heart. I am. The funny thing is... So is he like, was not happy in London. <laughs> no. Because basically, well, grew up in Calgary, which, like, as you guys know, is not that big of a city. Um, and then I did my master's in Newcastle, which is also a small city up north in the UK. And then the whole time I was like, I would visit Rose when she was in London. But, like, the whole time I was, like, adamant. I was like, I don't want to live in London. It's too big of a city. Blah, 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 blah. And then, of course, ended up getting a job there. So I kind of, like, was f- not forced, but I was just kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to London now. <laughs> and ended up there for Four well, years. okay, so let me tell the story of what actually happened. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you, let's hear your side. So, Daniel and I were, you know, we met in university, as you guys know, and we were studying in university. And I, when we were graduating, I wanted to live. So, I had gone on exchange a couple of times. So, I lived in Italy and I also lived in Singapore. And I wanted to do another like living abroad experience yeah. as a grown, like working woman, if you mm-hmm. will. And I love Europe, so I decided to go to London because it's an English-speaking place and I wanted to get like a proper job, like an office job kind of thing. And so anyways, I was trying to convince Daniel to come with me because Daniel and I both like to, you know, go on adventures. But Daniel has a bit of a... Uh, how do I say paranoid side (laughs) 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 where you overwork like where I'm kind of like, ah, let's do it. Let's just go and see what happens. I'm more so like, you know, I want to have this experience, you know, Mm. whereas Daniel was like, what if I can't get a job? I shouldn't go there without a job. Like when I moved to London, I just applied for the working holiday visa and I just went and I had no job prepared. No, nothing prepared. Like I had nothing. Um, I didn't even have a place to live until I got there. So I found a place to live there. Whereas Daniel was like very, um, what do you call like overcautious? Not over, yeah. you know what? You're yeah. probably just like regular cautious. I'm probably yeah. more so like, you know, whatever. Anyways, so I was trying to convince Daniel to come to London, but because uh, he was kind of wanting to, right? Because you kind of wanted to live somewhere else. I did, but yeah. Yes, but you were scared because you didn't have a job lined up and you kind of need that security, which, you know, understandable, fair enough, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But I was just like, well, if it doesn't work out, you can always move back. It's not a big deal, like all that stuff. It's not like we have a family to support. Anyways, so I moved to London, but then Daniel still wanted to, you know, do... And plus, Daniel is actually... You have a UK citizenship, so it's easier for you. So that's why I was like, you should just come anyway. Anyways, so uh, I ended up going to London, but then Daniel ended up deciding to apply for a master's program in Newcastle because he still wanted to go and live, I guess, in the UK, but he wanted to make sure that he has something lined up, like, you know, a program or or a reason to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. 
So that's what happened. And then he ended up moving to Newcastle and I was mm-hmm. in New, uh, I was in London while Daniel was studying in Newcastle. So we visited each other a couple times and then you ended up getting a job in London and then we lived together for like six months. Yes, that's right. That is the, that oh, is God the damn full- the adventures. I know it's exciting. I think I've changed a bit now though, like, because I was more, I'm still a bit cautious. Like I like to have stuff lined up, like going to Spain, I had this program lined up for example, but, um, you know, my move back to Calgary, I literally am coming to Calgary with nothing. (laughs) Well, not nothing. First of all, little dramatic. (laughs) Calgary's home. It's different. That's true. That's true. (laughs) But it is a bit scary. You're not really being cautious. I mean, you are being cautious in a sense. It is well, you're not sc- being cautious. Yeah. Yeah. But it is a bit scary. Like I literally am coming back to Calgary with like, you know, God damn. Well, you nope. have your parents. This is not really, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, true. I have my parents and I have savings. People, so it's not like the end of the world. People actually move to big cities with $20 in their pockets, Dan. It's God not damn. like that. Okay. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> But, you know, I do understand, like, why you, you know, want to be cautious. I do get mm-hmm. that, like, you know, aspect, especially because, like, we grew up in Calgary where I feel like people are just generally more cautious. So we're I surrounded so, by yeah. that. You know, people are more careful. They're more, like, you know, homey. They don't want to, like, leave the bubble of yeah. comfort. So that's something that we grew up with. So it's something that we are probably more Inf- prone to. There's less people by. like me. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, it's... Because it's, 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 I was like, woohoo, let's go and live abroad. Whereas everyone's like, exactly. but that's scary. Yeah. Well, and I do think that's one of the like pros slash cons of Calgary, though. One of the pros is it, it is a very like, you know, you can get a decent job. Well, it was like that before the crash and everything. Oh, but God it's like a damn. Very, it's a very like isolated little community. Do you know what I mean? It's like not self-contained, but it's like a really like nice little bubble but then at the same time people are <laughs> yes. a bit people are a bit sheltered over cautious like you know what i mean yeah like, I, it has two two sides of it do you know what i mean like because yeah, life it, it's like pleasantville have yeah, you seen that movie i have yeah <laughs> it's because it, because overall like other than okay when the shit hit the fan with the oil prices and stuff like calgary is a pretty comfortable place to live do you know what i mean like it's yes it's so should we o- tell people about calgary because people are confused they probably don't know much about the city oh true so let's tell them a little bit about the uh, oh my God, my dog's going crazy. Uh, so Calgary is a city in Alberta. Oh my gosh, God damn. I do apologize. This will pass. So yes, yeah. it's a city in Alberta, which mm-hmm. is the province. And Alberta is known for what, Dan? Oil and gas <laughs> and cattle farming. <laughs> oh God. We it's like the- supposedly the most conservative province. And it is actually, it is the it most is, conservative yeah. province in Canada. Calgary's so like the Texas of, all, of Canada. Yes, they do call it the Texas of Canada, which mm-hmm. is, you know, disturbing. But it's kind of true. <laughs> the people, is, yeah. the way people think is very conservative here. Yeah. So, yeah. So traditionally this, well, I don't know why we're talking about Calgary, but we're off on this tangent. Let's just exactly. go for it. We're rolling. So, so Calgary traditionally is a very heavy oil, not just Calgary, but Alberta is yeah very heavily oil and gas driven because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of oil here. I don't fucking even know. Yeah. Yes. So everyone wants to be, except for me and Daniel (laughs) and a few people, they want to be in oil and gas because that's where the money is or was. Right. Yeah. And so for many, many years, Alberta, you know, made a lot of money compared to the rest of the, yes. So even after like when we graduated, it was still doing very well. And you know, everyone, even after just graduating, you could still get a job that was pretty high paying and do pretty well for yourself. Yeah. So it was comfortable in that sense. People were kind of spoiled here. Exactly. No, no, definitely. It's true. Yeah. But this is why, because Calgary has that kind of like, or it did up until the time when the oil prices dropped, is it had that kind of like, it was a comfortable place to live. You could finish school, you could get a pretty high paying job. Cost of living relative to other big, big cities is fairly low, like comparatively rent and all of that kind of stuff. So you could save quite a lot of money. Like it's a very comfortable, safe place to live. But yes, that's where it kind of ends is like when it with regards (laughs) to like excitement or things going on. You're right. Everyone, because of that, they're like more, I don't know. They're just like sheltered, not sheltered. I don't know if that's the right word, but kind of like, you know, it's kind of like keeping up with the Joneses type of lifestyle Mm. where people just want the big house. They want to all live in the suburbs. Like it's not like a big city mentality at all, which is why I don't feel like it feels like a big city at all to me. It's very like, you know, like our downtown is very small and not many people live in downtown it's kind yeah. of like a ghost town at nighttime unless you're in certain parts of the of downtown whereas in other big cities downtown is like booming at night you know yeah this is true but i, I think i think i mean we are slowly but i, I don't know how I've, again i haven't lived in calgary for so long but we're starting to see like more condos and stuff going up downtown so hopefully are over, we 
Yeah, there's like since I've left, there's been so many new buildings right. downtown for like more condos for people to live and stuff. Right, um, right, right. Like that whole like waterfront development by Eau Claire. Mm-hmm. That was that's all been up. That all kind of went up right as I was leaving. Mm. And like a couple buildings that you've lived in, I yeah. think have been were put up after I left. Yeah, that's true. So we'll see what happens with the city. Um, But all of that being said, even though it is Mm -hmm. like conservative and all that stuff, again, like like Daniel said, there are good things. Like, for example, it's apparently it was voted the cleanest city in the world. Yeah. (laughs) At some point. And it's also consistently in the top 10 of the uh, best places. Yeah, most livable places in the world. So I think this year was like top four or something like that. Yeah, it was top four, yeah. It was the highest above uh, on in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes down to, well, one, you know, proximity to the mountains and like wildlife, that kind of stuff. But also just, again, a lot of it's down to when you have relatively good salaries and low cost of living, it yes, makes it a standard nicer of living live is in. high. Exactly. So you have a good standard mm-hmm. of living. So it is a good city in the, those aspects. But, you know, Rose and I being the adventurers that we are, we, we wanted a different experience and we wanted to jump. Move to a big city. Yeah, we wanted to jump across the waters and explore live life in the UK. Um, okay, so let's talk about the the big city experience, Daniel. How would you say overall your experience was? Oh God, um, I think it's <laughs> you know I, I, I have again everything has its pros and cons. I really did enjoy my time in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, will will I go back to live there? Mm, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, and why do you say that, Daniel? Uh, there's a lot of. I don't know. I, I think I, the way to sum up life in London, and we used to talk about this all the time. Everything in London is a little bit uncomfortable. You yes. remember how we used to always be like, no matter what yes, you want to do. Yes, I used to always say that. Yeah, yes. like this was like There's our like thing. an obstacle. <laughs> exactly. It's like even, even, for example, remember when you came this year um, on holidays, when, but before we went to Malta, you were, arrived in London and you had to get like your bank card and you had to go to like a different mm. branch and you had to go here and do something else. Yeah. And then you were like, God damn it. And you remember, I remember you texting me because I was at work. And you were like, Daniel, why does everything have to be a little bit uncomfortable here? I, they have to take me <laughs> to different banks and like, so. <coughs> but not even, I think it's, I think it's also because we live in such a comfortable environment here. So yeah. I didn't realize that until I was living in London and it was, it's not just like things you have to get done, but just yeah. like, I don't know, just the vibe, like, you know, because things are a bit more crowded. So yeah. it's obviously a little bit more uncomfortable because, exactly. you know, you're standing in the tube and yeah, well, like. Well, naturally, yeah. naturally, as you, because London is such a dense city, um, and whenever you live in a bigger city, naturally, everything is going to be a bit more uncomfortable because you're right. You're going to have you're going to have now all of a sudden lineups and queues for everything. Like I remember, oh God, in Calgary, they love the queues, don't oh my they? God, I know. Like when I was <laughs> living in Calgary, at least before I moved, I don't know if it's still the same because I haven't lived there for like almost six years. But before, when I used to live in Calgary, I pretty much like never made a restaurant reservation. I would just like show up. Most restaurants, you could just like you know, walk in for the most part. Like I never remember right. making reservations very rarely unless right. it was a big group. But in London, if it's even three people, you should make a reservation depending on the day of the week. Do you know what I mean? Cause it's just, right. it's like things like that. It's like, you know, it's same with like, you know, little things like if you want to go get your haircut, well, again, you will need an appointment. You'll need a, whereas quite often in Calgary, you could like walk into a salon or something, you know? Right. Right. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Everything's just a little bit more, a little bit more tricky. Yes. So mm-hmm. the thing for me, I've always wanted to live in a big city. I have a big, I like big cities. I like the kind of hustle and bustle, if you will. I like the excitement. Yeah. I like lots of people. I like having lots of things to do. I'm a very like, uh, you know, I like stimulation. Like, you know, I like Definitely. being able to do lots of things. So that's why I was wanting to live in London. Um, and like, but there's, I think there's something called, did I say it's called like Paris syndrome or something? Have I told you about this? I don't think so. What is it? Basically, it's like this, uh, it's like a syndrome where, it's not a syndrome. Okay, you know what? Let me Google this stuff. Basically, let me explain it as best as I can before I Google it. Maybe it's completely wrong the way that I'm going to describe it. But basically, (laughs) it's like this idea where you like romanticize about a certain city, especially cities like that are well known, like Paris, London, New York, maybe. And you think that your life is going to be something like amazing or you're, you think you're going to go there and like everything's going to be like lights and shine and glamour uh. and amazing. So it's like Paris, right? So everyone thinks like Paris is so glamorous and romantic and, mm. you know, the Eiffel Tower and everything's just like, you know, wine and baguettes and all this goodness. But then you actually get there 
and you realize that, you know, it's still mm. a city with people and exactly. it's probably dirty. It's probably smells. There's like negative yeah. shit about it. But yeah, the Paris syndrome is kind of like where you just romanticize at least. Okay, now let yeah. me let me read you the definition. Okay, let's hear the definition. Okay. Oh, it, okay, I think it's right. Paris syndrome is a psychological condition experienced almost exclusively. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. This, is, this part <laughs> I, I left out. Uh, this is hilarious. Okay. Uh, I don't know. That was. This is the first description. I don't know okay. if this is correct, but it says Paris syndrome <laughs> is a psychological condition experienced almost exclusively by Japanese tourists. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know who Why are disappointed when this tourists? city. Maybe that's where it came from. Like maybe okay. Japan made up the term. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, by tourists that are disappointed when the city of lights does not live up to their romantic expectations. Mm. So, but let me read the actual Wikipedia definition. Oh yeah. So it is something that was made up by um, Japanese people, apparently. So it's a condition exhibited by some individuals when visiting or going on vacation to Paris as a result of extreme shock at discovering that Paris is different from their expectations. So would you, would you you say that you (laughs) kind of had not exactly a Paris syndrome because it's slightly different, but you had Mm -hmm. a... London I, syndrome. I, 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 a London syndrome in a sense that you went on that holiday when I met you in like 2013 or something. Yes. And obviously when you're on holiday, any city that you go to on holiday, it's like amazing. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like again, you have you, the holiday goggles. Exactly. Holiday goggles on. You have those rose colored, yeah, holiday Vacation goggles. Vacation goggles. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, <laughs> That's everything's a, oh wait, amazing. Can we, can we make a little note though? Um, in, in the UK, when people go on vacation, they call it holiday. But I think here, a lot of people get confu- get that confused. Yeah. So in North America, people say holidays for like Christmas time. Oh, uh, okay, okay. But they usually don't... Con- they usually... It, at least that's what like my... Ex- what do you think? Am I, I don't right? Actually, I don't actually remember. I haven't been to Canada for so goddamn long. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Everyone in the UK says holidays for any sort of vacation. They never yeah. say vacation. They don't say They vacation, always say holidays. Really. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going on holiday. Yeah. Whereas like, I remember, because I remember this because like when I was first in the UK, I went on a date with this guy and he was like, I said, I was like something saying something like, oh, I'm going on vacation. He's like, oh, you're so North American calling it vacation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's called holiday. I'm like, what? <laughs> Anyways. And you only had a one date with note. him, didn't you? <laughs> no, I think I went on like three dates with this guy. Oh, okay. oh my gosh. Anyways, um, uh, <laughs> not, that's a different story. Yeah. Check out our dating podcast oh <laughs> on Patreon. <laughs> oh God. Anyways, um, uh, sorry. What were we saying? I, po- I totally forgot. Oh yeah, no, I was oh, saying. Oh yeah, London. Yeah, so I was saying you almost because so obviously the Paris syndrome is a little different in a sense that it's like you romanticize the city before you get there on holiday. You get there and it doesn't live up to your expectations. But I think that you had a slightly different London syndrome in a sense that you went there on holidays, had your rose colored glasses, were like, this city is amazing, blah, 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 blah. It's beautiful. And then you move there and reality sunk in. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. Yes. So I think this is what happens to a lot of people. Like they go on vacation or holiday and they, uh, I think Nari's eating leaves, but that's okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, they go on vacation or holiday or something. Mm -hmm. And again, when you're on vacation, you are in a completely different mindset. You are not working. You are not living the regular life that people live. You are doing fun things and every day is like fun or whatever. Whereas when you live somewhere, you still have the same responsibility as an adult you still have to get a job you still have to go to work like all of those same things still exist in that city and I think a lot of people conflate their vacation uh, to like reality so they think oh my god like if I live here I'm gonna like do exciting things every day and like Mm. blah 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 and it's amazing and plus you only go to the nice things right so when I was in London you know, I stayed at your lovely aunt and uncle's place, which is very yeah. nice in a nice neighborhood. Exactly. Um, obviously, they're established in London. They're not like, you know, poor, you know, kids right out of university. Yeah. So, you know, they live in a nice neighborhood. Um, so clearly they live in a place that we would not live in at that time. Yeah. And and then we went to like the nice places. We went to like Trafalgar Square. We went to like Covent Garden. We went to yeah, yeah, all yeah. the nice areas. So I'm like, ooh, it's so fancy. It's so lovely. It's so nice. And yeah. everyone's speaking in this lovely accent. Yeah. And everything, my life is going to be absolutely glamorous and fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then you move there and then you realize, A, I can't afford shit. I know. <laughs> this is the thing and, about London. Yeah. The stark reality is it is so goddamn expensive. Oh my God, is it ever? And, and this, this is, okay, so this is like expectation versus reality. The yeah. expectation is that, oh, it's expensive. So therefore I'm going to be paid uh, a decent amount based yeah. on how expensive the city is. Nope. Reality is you're still going to be paid shit and you're going to have to suffer. Yeah, and, and you know, the crazy thing is, is actually I feel, I feel like in London, like 
I mean, obviously, like, by the time I left London, I was on pretty decent money. But, like, when I was first living there, I was probably making less than what I was in Calgary and paying... Oh, I 100% made a huge uh, amount less. And yet all of my costs were, like, four times what I was paying in Calgary. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. Like, to put it into context... Yeah, sorry, continue. I was going to say, to put it into context, like, and we... When I first moved there, I was living with Rose in, like, a four-bed house... Um, and we weren't in like the, we weren't in like a bad area, but we weren't in the best area either. So, um, mm-hmm. we were in zone three and that whole house to rent. So it was just like, I think it was 2,200 pounds a month for the whole four, for all four of right. us. And that's considered like a steal. Yeah. And that's considered super cheap, but that's like, whoa, like how did you get this deal? You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I remember when I, so before I moved again, expectation versus reality. So I was obviously Mm -hmm. looking at different flat, you know, flat, uh, different flats to see like how much it's going to cost me and all of that good stuff. Now at that time, uh, this was like pre Brexit vote and all that Mm. stuff. So London economy, like British economy was doing relatively well. So the pound was literally like, uh, how do I say this? Like one pound was worth two Canadian dollars at that time. So literally everything was double. So, but, um, but then things would still be expensive. So I felt like I was paying double. Yeah. And I remember at the time when I first moved there, people were like, oh, you're, when you earn the pound, like it'll be fine. Like, cause you're going to be earning the pound. I'm like, but I'm not like, it's not any, it's still the same in terms of like how much I'm spending. Like I don't get anyways, it doesn't matter. So, um, uh, what was, oh yeah. So I was looking at different flats and mm. looking at different prices. And I saw that like single bedrooms were like around 500, they started around like four or $500 in like, or four or 500 pounds, pounds in yeah. like zones, zone two. And I wanted to live in zone two at the time. Yeah. Zone two. So London is divided into like zones if you've never been there. So the, zone one is like the central London. Yeah. And then the further you go, the zone numbers get bigger. So yeah. most people like to live in like within like zone three, I would say yeah. when you get to zone four, you're getting a little bit far away. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so I was looking and I was like, oh, I could probably get a place for it. So my budget was around 500 pounds. Little did I know 500 <laughs> pounds gets you a shoe box. It does get God you damn. nothing. <laughs> oh my God. The places I've seen. Oh, I, it, it still haunts me to this day. Yeah. Some well, of these places. And the scary thing is too, like, I don't know how you found it. Like, well, and it was like this when I was looking for places as well, the numerous times I did this in London, um, especially when the economy was doing well is like flats would get taken like this. Like if you didn't make the decision yes. right then and there, it was gone. Like you, uh, you there was like no time. Yeah. You don't have no time to think. And like, you know, you have, again, you have this like mentality, like in Calgary, you might've like had a nice one bedroom flat, um, rented by yourself. And then you move to London and reality is you're going to be sharing a flat with like six other people <laughs> yes. for the oh same my price. God. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. And it's going to be a shithole. Yeah. Like, okay, so the place, so like basically because London is so, there's a lot of transitional people like Daniel and I, for example. Yeah. So people that aren't there for a long term. So they have a lot of things like called flat shares. Mm-hmm. So like basically someone like buys or rents an entire flat and then they rent out each individual room separately. Yeah. So that, you know, you don't really have to sign a contract with like four other people that you don't know, but you can just, so it is, it is kind of a good system what they have. Yeah. But the thing is, because there's so much money in London um, rent, so a lot of these places will convert like the living room area. So like most flats will have, let's say like two or three bedrooms and then a living room and, and a, a kitchen. kitchen and all that stuff. But they'll convert the living room into another bedroom so that they'll have an extra bedroom to rent out. Yeah. So you don't have a b- living room. Okay. And the kitchen is usually very small. And a lot yeah. of the places I saw, I don't know about you, Daniel, I don't know how many places you saw cause you just moved in with us, but yeah. a lot of places I saw did not even have a dining area. So like the kitchen wouldn't have a table. You would just cook and then go eat in your room. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. That's so depressing to me. I know. And you'd be paying like six, 700 pounds a month for just that. Yes. So like my bare minimum, like expectation at that time was that I wanted to at least have a dining area, like at least a table to sit at and eat because I don't like, and plus the rooms, because I was, my budget initially was 500 pounds. Mm. The rooms would be so tiny that again, you couldn't fit a desk in there. It would just fit. Little did I know a single bedroom meant it will only fit a single bed. (laughs) 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 And you know how small those single beds are, Daniel. Oh Oh, God God damn. It's crazy. Um, I'm a pretty small person, but still God damn. I know. 
it is, it is insane. Like, mm-hmm. and some, like I did see one flat. It was so funny. Speaking of like making rooms into more like bedrooms and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I went and saw one flat. It was like an apartment and I went up to the top and they had like taken, it was like, obviously it had been a bigger bedroom and they decided to yeah. divide this bigger bedroom into two bedrooms. But the oh, way they God. had done it is they had put up this, like, I, I swear it was like a paper mache wall. <laughs> like it was so thin and like the the two rooms, like because of the way they had split it, they shared the window as well. So it's like not like you had your own window. It was like oh no, it was just so bad. And I just remember, and it's it was so and horrendous. That, and that was seven hundred fifty pounds a month. Was that a, was that the place in Shoreditch? Yeah, it was in Shoreditch though. Oh god damn! See, this is the thing. It's all about location in London, right? So if you want to yeah. live in a nice location, you are going to be living in a shithole of a place. Yeah. Unless you have a lot of money, obviously. Yeah, unless you're unless you're <laughs> making like crazy money. But again, like just starting out in London, like, you know, reality of it is, especially if you're just like just moving over there, you don't have a job or whatever, yeah. you're not gonna be all of a sudden on a such a great salary, you know? Yeah. Do you know how much I was making in London when I first got there, Daniel? I can't remember. Seventeen thousand pounds. A month, uh, uh, a year. I was going to say a month. Goddamn, you'd be banking. (laughs) (laughs) To give you an idea, when I was living, so 17,000 pounds at that time in Canadian dollars, which I mean, now it would be less, but in Canadian dollars, because Canadian dollar was, you know. It would be what, like 34,000? I can't do math right now. So it would be be about 34,000. Yeah, 34,000. So I was making 34,000, the equivalent of 34,000 Canadian dollars at that time. And my job before that, I was making 48,000 Canadian dollars. So I took a, hold on, 14,000 Canadian dollar deficit. (laughs) And how much, and how much did your costs go up, Rose? (laughs) Oh God. Oh my. Okay. So initially, because my, initially my, you know, mindset was that I was going to, my expectation was that I would pay 500 pounds a month for rent. But because of all of the shitholes I've seen, I was like, Mm. there's no fucking way that I can, cause like, you know, like not to sound spoiled because we are kind of spoiled. Um, but like, you know, I was there on a working holiday. I didn't have to live in London. Right. So it was, I was there for an adventure. Of course it was going to be out of, yes, I did it as a choice Mm -hmm. and to go from living in a very comfortable, like big, especially because Canada is a big country. So, you know, unless you live in like the middle of the city in Toronto, you're going to probably live in a pretty relatively big space. So that's what we're used to. So to go from that to living in what could only be described as (laughs) very like, you know, like a cupboard. It felt <laughs> like, like it felt like I was like living like like why would I choose to live? So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna up my you know budget, budget a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we saw this place that was like 700 pounds. So basically, basically, I upped my budget to 700 pounds, which at that time was 1,400 Canadian dollars a month, <laughs> which is insanity a month. Yeah. Yes. And to give you an idea, where I live now, which is a very nice flat, and mm-hmm. I have a, I have the master bedroom. I pay a little bit more than my friend, uh, my roommate, mm-hmm. and I pay. A little over a thousand. I mean, I pay, I think I pay like, what do I pay? $1,100, $1,200 or something oh God, like that. That's amazing. And I have, and this is a two bedroom. Like, you know, we have, we each have our own bathroom. Yeah. There's a gym in the, you know, it's just so different. Yeah. But obviously we can't compare Calgary to London, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> that's crazy. Mm. I mean, the, the, the costs of, yeah, being in London. And then you have to you have to factor in. So you have that cost of finding your place and everything else, right? Yeah. And the and the fact that you potentially might not be making the same, depending on your situation. Uh, right. you'd be making, you might be making less. Because it's not like like you said before, it's not like you move to London and because it's so expensive, you know, even minimum wage and everything else is so much more. It's not. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just not. It's not. Um, You're not and it's the same with like New York, for example. Yeah. People make shit like Unless you're you are obviously higher up or you're in finance or something, yeah. you're probably not going to be making. If you're right out of university, you're going to be making like not that much money in in exactly. a place like New York, right? But 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 this is why. Well, this is another side issue. But in London, I just don't know how people like, you know, especially starting out out of uni. You know, finish uni, have debt, go into a new grad position, maybe get twenty five thousand pounds a year in London, where which is a re- lot. Yeah, with, for when, a new grad position, exactly. <laughs> and their rent is like you know eight fifty or eight hundred pounds a month, and you know it's like it's hard to save. Do you know what I mean? Like it's crazy. Like yeah, what was your rent at the last place that you lived in? So in London? the last place it was, was like, the most expensive I lived in, and it's because it was just mm-hmm. a two bedroom apartment with just me and Lydia. It mm-hmm. was actually really nice. It was two bedrooms, two bathrooms. It was like Canadian style, actually. It um, was actually quite nice. Yeah, because you stayed there. there. It, was, it was quite yeah. spacious. Um, and that was 850 pounds a month plus bills. That's not include. Yeah, so 850 pounds a month plus bills. That's like a significant amount of money. Yeah, so I think it probably with bills after the with bills and everything, it was probably closer to 950. Right. Yeah. 
Oh, God damn. So, so, you know, that's the thing. It's like, of course, like, don't get me wrong. I had a great time in London. There was yeah. like, you know, I wouldn't take it back at all. I have no regrets. I love yeah. living there. It was fun, even though it came with a lot of struggles. Yeah. Uh, but I think it, it, you know, the struggles are important. I think exactly. it's good to like, because if well, I had just stayed here, it would have been so comfortable. At, yeah. But is that char- is that character development? I don't think so. Exactly. Well, and I think exactly. I mean, who would have thought that you, you know, now, if you're ever faced with a situation where, you know, the walls all of us or the ceiling starts flooding <laughs> and water comes down from the roof, you'll know how to yeah, deal unless, with it. <laughs> <laughs> unless your apartment has ever been flooded, uh, you've never, your character is not fully developed. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, I'll tell the story. Can I tell okay. the story? You can tell the story. Go for it. Oh my God. So have I had some living situations in London? So the first place I lived in, the place that where we paid 700 pounds. So, so me and Chrissy, my friend Chrissy, we moved to London at the same time together. So I convinced Chrissy to go on a working holiday to London with me. So we went together and we decided to get a place together. So first place we found, we were paying 700 pounds a month each, I believe. And we each had our own room, but it turns out our landlord was absolutely uh, Shady crazy. as hell. Yes. And he was so fucking shady and he wanted us to pay in cash our rent, 700 pounds a month in cash. And he wanted us, he wanted us to bring it to the like rental office every month. So anyways, long story short, ended up having a huge fight with this man. And after four months, we moved out. So we moved out earlier than we mm-hmm. had anticipated. And then we found a place in uh, Shoreditch. So again, location was very... So Shoreditch is like a trendy area in East yeah. London. And it's very cool. There's lots of bars, like restaurants and stuff like that. Yeah. And so it's quite expensive to live there. So we found a place there for the same price. And it was a two bedroom. So me and Chrissy, just me and Chrissy. Um, but it was a fucking shithole. Oh my God. It was <laughs> that house. I oh my mean, God. I have just, nightmares. It was just so tiny. Like I just, I just. It was more gross than anything. I think I could deal with the tininess almost. Yeah. Because the rooms were actually pretty spacious. Like we yeah, didn't have ro- a living room. So we yeah, had the rooms two were fine. bedrooms. But the kitchen was very tiny and the, I mean, the bathroom was fine. Like it worked, but it was so dark and like dreary. Like yeah. I don't know how to describe it. And your cell Anyways, phones didn't work in there, there, did they? Oh my God, my cell phone did not work. Like my cell phone had no reception in, in the fucking, yeah. in my own goddamn apartment. And I remember <laughs> I was talking to like one of my friends and they were like, yeah. oh, it's not that big of a deal. I'm like, is this like, is this the standard? Like, yeah. like <laughs> are my standards too high to expect my cell phone to work in my apartment? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, so long story short, we moved there and we're paying the same price, which is again, mm. a a big steal. Like, believe yeah. it or not, 700 pounds per person in shortage is a huge steal, yeah. but it was a shithole. Anyways, we lived there and it was fine. Like we went out a lot, you know, when you live in a shithole, you tend to go out a lot and socialize more. So that's nice. Yeah. And, uh, but one day I remember, Oh, I remember they gave us like a notice, like after three months or something saying that we have to vacate in a month because they're demolishing the building. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My God, this is bringing back all the right memories. Okay. So they're like, yes, we're going to demolish this building. We're like, what? We kind of thought it was sketchy because they didn't ask for a damage deposit, which most places would. Oh yeah. So they told us to move out. So fine. We're like, Hey, whatever. We've done this before. We can do it again. So we started looking for other flats. Yeah. And this one day after we looked at like three flats, we came home and then the, the, uh, this was on Saturday. And then on Sunday we're like, okay, let's make a decision about which flat to live in. But me and Chrissy, were going to go out that day and just kind of like chill, like not Mm -hmm. think about it too, too much. So we're like getting ready to go out. And as soon, like literally this is like five or 10 minutes before we were about to head out. So thank God we were still there. But all of a sudden Chrissy was in my room and she looks at me and she's like, do you hear that? And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, what do you mean? I was like, what do you hear? And she's like, does that sound like water or something? And I was like, and I could hear like water and it sounded like it was coming out of a faucet or something. Right. Yeah. So it sounded like water dripping. So I was like, oh my God, like maybe I left the faucet on in the bathroom. (laughs) So I opened my bedroom door and the bathroom was right across of me and I open the bathroom door and there is literally guys, I'm not joking. There is water gushing out of the ceiling light. Okay. (laughs) Oh my God. I still get nightmares when I think about this. Oh God. So then me and Chrissy naturally start screaming and we start freaking out. We're like, what the fuck do we do? Right. Yeah. So then I I can't remember what happened, but then water started also gushing out of my, or not gushing, but like falling out of my bedroom uh, light too. Mm. So I started moving all of my shit into Chrissy's room Yeah. and just like freaking out. And then we had to call the fire department. (laughs) So we had to call like 911 or whatever the equivalent is. Yeah. And then they, it took them like 20 minutes to get there. So we put like a pot underneath the fucking water so mm-hmm. that it would catch the water so the apartment wouldn't flood. Yeah. And then 
I think what happened was somebody got pissed off and broke one of the pipes upstairs because people were pissed off about, you know, having to move out, obviously. So I think someone like broke one of the water pipes. Oh, God And then, oh my God. So the whole apartment like flooded. So we had to go and live. We had to move into like our friend's place for a bit before we moved into our new flat. And then a year later, I found out that the the person who owned the building uh, was illegally letting, uh, letting it out. Yeah, and that it was for like, like years. Building, yeah, the building was supposed to be demolished like years ago. Yeah, it was supposed to be demolished years ago, and this guy was like, uh, just you know, living above the law. Yeah, and I think he was. I think he went to jail. <laughs> God damn! So oh, yeah, God this, damn. This, I mean, to be fair, this kind of stuff happens. I mean, everywhere, but I just feel like London, because of the real estate or in the rental market there, it just seems to be like a hot spot for like slum lords oh. and like crazy. Like so much so. Yeah. And I think like another thing that I experienced more so living in the UK, cause like, I guess in Canada, I never really had roommates and stuff. Cause I just live with my parents. Yeah. Um, but Oh, the roommates. <laughs> oh God. I just had, so, I'm I, like, I had some good roommates and some people that I became friends with, but I also have had because of the, because of the transient style of life in London. And it's like, let's say you do a, a house share where there's like six bedrooms and like each person is renting a separate room. It's very like people come and go and like, yeah. I don't know, you meet so many interesting, interesting characters. People. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, just that's another thing in the big city though, is you open yourself up to, and you're exposing yourself to meeting a plethora of different people. Yes. And some are good and some are horribly bad. Yeah. Some are (laughs) absolutely horrendous, which you never wish to see ever again in your life. Oh God. And I'll leave that one. You don't want to delve into this. Okay. No. Um, But but one of the positives I have to say, so we talked about the expensive expensiveness of living in London, everything else. And another really expensive thing is transit. However, oh. mm-hmm. like the, the oyster card, the oyster, the tube card, whatever the tube. Yeah. Your oyster card for the tube. Um, the thing that I loved, I absolutely loved in London, which, you know, I have another, like, I feel like a lot of big cities, they have this nailed is a really good transit system. So like, yes, you don't have to drive like in London. I, the whole time I was actually in the UK, I didn't drive. I was there for five years. Yeah. Like nobody ca- drives and no one drives in London. Like it's not like a thing. It, like, exactly. People just don't drive there because mm. a, it's so expensive to drive in London, isn't it? Exactly. There's like congestion charges. And also yeah. to be honest, like it's just faster to either take the tube or something else because yeah. the traffic's so bad. And like, I don't know, like pr- pretty much no one drives. Like the only time you would yeah. drive is to leave London to go somewhere else. That's when people drive. Yeah. Like yeah. R- within the city, which I think is really amazing because it gives a bit more of vibrance and life to a city because, mm-hmm. and it means like after work, people can go for drinks because then they can just hop on the tube and get home. They don't have to worry about yeah. being designated driver or whatever else or. Oh my God. Yes. It makes it so much better. <clears throat> exactly. Like if it was like that in Calgary, if the transit system was as amazing as it was in London and it was so interconnected, yeah. People could stay after work and have a drink and whatever else. But it's like people in Calgary live in, you know, I don't know, Cranston or middle I don't know of what, nowhere. In yeah. Middle of nowhere, like really, really far out. So middle of nowhere might, suburbs. Exactly. So then they commute to work and then they commute out and then the city dies. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the issues yeah. with Calgary. But London, I love that. The vibrance of being in a big city is there's always so yeah. much going on and it's so easy to get around. Oh my God. I do miss that. Yeah. I really do miss that. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's one really good thing because of the transit and yeah, it just makes everything more vibrant and there's so much to do in a big yeah. city. God, I just remember every weekend I would be going through, what is that magazine? Time Out magazine? Time Out magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in London, I think they also have one in New York and stuff, but they have this magazine called Time Out where basically they just like talk to you about all the things going on in London and all the events. And every weekend it was like when you have too much of a choice, I was like, what do we do? There's just so so much much stuff. And the good thing about London too is like, I know we talked about how expensive it is, but there's a lot of stuff that you can do for free as well. So So many like museums, art galleries, unless it's like a special exhibition, like you can go, like you can go for free. free. It's amazing. Which I think is one of the best things about London. Yeah, that is phenomenal. And like obviously all the parks and like even just walking around, some of the areas are just so nice. And like Mm -hmm. also with like, going out for food and like coffee shops and stuff, you can find the coolest, trendiest little places like hidden away. Yeah, Like that, I'm going to miss because it's like freaking amazing. Oh God. Now I really miss London. <laughs> but it's, you know, the thing is though, it's nice to go back and visit. Right. So we can always have that yes. as like in our back pocket as like we've lived there, which was fun. Um, yeah. 
did, did our time. Uh, <laughs> did our time. Yeah. And now it's like a nice place to go visit, you know, like it's nice to go and see. And I think yeah. also I'm glad that I was there when I, the age that I was like being yeah. a bit younger, because I feel like in my late twenties, like we were, um, mid to late twenties, it was a yeah. good time to be in London. Definitely. I was there at the perfect time when I first mm-hmm. got there. I love, I liked to party, but I was kind of dying out in terms of like, I didn't want to go clubbing all the time. And London's yeah, yeah, like yeah. a good place if you like to drink, but like not necessarily like go clubbing. I mean, you, it is, it is good for clubbing too, but like yeah. it has a very big like bar and pop culture. Yeah. So it's very exciting for like very young, like it's perfect for young professionals, like twenties to early thirties, like stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think I think that part of it's fun. I think you know I still enjoyed it up until when I left as well, like going out, doing mm-hmm. all that stuff. But um, yeah, I think it would be nice to have it in our, in our back pocket as somewhere to go visit again and like go back. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I now also- we know all the places. So when I go back, it does feel mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, it is kind of like a second home, but we don't have to deal with the actual realities of living there anymore. Exactly. For example, like uh, the commute, like commuting. As much mm-hmm. as we, you know, the transit system is good, but the commute in the morning, goddamn, yeah. those troops are jam-packed and they're never going to put air conditioning in those goddamn tubes. They don't. They won't. (laughs) Oh my God. So they have this, so the tube has many, many different lines and the one called central line, especially gets so fucking hot. So that's like the central one that goes through like, you know, you know, central goddamn. And it's so hot in there. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine like Rose, the last summer it got up to 37 degrees one day in London Oh my like God. it was one of the hottest days I've ever myself. experienced. And I, I took the central line and I was like, I'm going to die. Like I was wearing a full suit and I was like literally like oh sweating God. underneath. I was like, this is so bad. Um, yeah. So I do not miss that <clears throat> part. Yeah. And another really good perk about living generally, well, it's not all big cities. I guess a European big city like London is the cheap flights to the rest of Europe. Like that is Oh, that's amazing. definitely a European only um, yeah. phenomenon. Yeah, which is so nice. Honestly, it's that's so nice. That's one thing I think. I think that's what I'm going to struggle with the most when I move back to Calgary is the fact that I can't just hop on a plane and be somewhere else for like 40 pounds return to like Lisbon in Portugal or something. Oh, yeah. When I was living in London, I remember like I think almost every month I went somewhere. Yeah, because it's just like you might as well like it's cheap and you know, like it's accessible, it's close by. Whereas in Calgary or in Canada or in North America in general, if you want to go somewhere like remotely exciting, (laughs) like we always complain about. (laughs) Yeah. You have got to seriously plan. Oh God. Which, yeah. Yeah. We're going to, you're going to miss that for sure. Daniel. I know. I guess, I guess like one of the good things about Calgary though, is the, the fact that we are so close to the mountains. So it's nice to get up to the mountains. Like it is nice. Yeah. That's the thing. I think like when people think about living in a big city or living in a place that, you know, not even just a big city or wherever you are romanticizing about, wh- yeah. you know, whether it be a big city or maybe you're romanticizing about living it by the beach or something like that. Yeah. The reality is that there's always going to be pros and cons of course, and it's never yeah. going to be perfect and it's never exactly. going to be as good as your expectations exactly. because you always like romanticize about all of these things. Mm-hmm. And reality is, you know, Bills are still due, man. Like you still got to go work. You still got to, you know, deal with humans. Exactly. Exactly. I think, I think the, I think the biggest word, the biggest thing I would say as well is like, even if you've traveled to a place, let's say you had the best holiday ever. Yeah. Just Mm -hmm. remember that obviously a holiday or vacation is so different from actually living somewhere because obviously like, like you said, once it's the day to day hustle and grind or whatever they call it, um, it's like bills are due. You have to deal with people. You have to deal with everyday life. All of that is going to follow you wherever you go. Like you can't escape that. So yeah. like no matter where you're going in the world, whatever city, it might have some pros and cons, like you said, but you're going to have to deal with life in general. Oh, <laughs> God damn. That'd be depressing as hell. I know. So Daniel, Ad- if you could live anywhere in the world, any city in the world, where would you live? Ooh, that's a tough one because some of the cities I was thinking of, I might just have romanticized. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, this is what happens when you get old. One of the things that I realize I was, I, I do now is like, I take it very literally and I have a very like realistic approach to deciding like on a question like this, which is obviously just like a hypothetical, but like, I'm like, Oh, well, you know, I would love to live in Italy, but I have no friends there and it'd be hard to get a job or like, (laughs) you know, like I don't speak the language, you know, whereas like before when I was like, you know, younger, I would just be like, Oh my God, I would love to live in like, you know, Italy and Rome and eat pizzas every day and all that shit. 
Yeah. Whereas now I, I'm like, oh God, what's the most, you know, which place has, regu- you know, reasonable housing costs and can I raise a family? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the, the funny thing is, is the place that I was thinking of. So there's a couple places I wouldn't mind living, I think. But again, I don't know because I've never been there. Well, I've, I've been there, but I've never lived there. Um, I do like Vancouver. Okay. Yeah. It, but the only thing with the Vancouver is, again, thinking about re- how realistic, like housing costs and things like that. It's super expensive to live there. Yeah. Um, so Vancouver's one. Um, I really liked Melbourne in Australia. Oh, okay. So that was a really, really cool city. Like it's just got so much going on for it. And plus the weather there is so good. Um, and I think like of this places that I've been, those are the main places, like other places I could potentially live, but Mm -hmm. I don't know about anywhere else. Like, I mean, I'm not sure. What about you? What are your thoughts? Oh God. Again, I'm so realistic when it comes to this now that I'm like, well, again, there's no perfect place. So it's yeah. hard for me as a now realistic 30-something-year-old woman mm. to make an, uh, to make a decision on this sort of hypothetical question. That's true. But it just, um, just, 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 um, just um, what's it called? Just uh, entertain you know, us. I think I would, yeah. So... <sighs> what about Toronto? Didn't you say you were thinking about yeah, Toronto Yeah, I like Toronto. So I would rather live in Toronto than Vancouver, in my opinion, yeah. for me, because yeah. Toronto is like my kind of city where, again, it's pretty... Uh, connected in com- in terms of transit, yeah. and it's a big city. It's exciting. It's fun, but again, yeah. expensive. Yeah. Um, but I think it, you know, out of Canada, I would probably choose Toronto. Toronto. I also like the idea of Montreal, maybe. Oh, yeah, but like again, Montreal. don't have any friends there. Don't speak French, at least yeah. not well. Um, yeah. So probably wouldn't live in Montreal. But like you know, it's mm. it's nice to think about. Um, I like London. I would probably live in London again just because I've already lived there. So I know I can live there. But yeah, again, expensive. Yeah. Um, crowded as fuck. Yeah. So, but I don't know. Fuck. Yeah. It's a tough one. I mean, the, the, I, I, the thing with Toronto is I did live there for a short stint. So. Yeah. And I, I you think didn't it, like it so much. <laughs> but I was really young. So I think if I went back, maybe I could, like, I haven't been back to Toronto for years. So mm-hmm. maybe I need to go back and cause I do love Toronto. Like I was there like a couple of years ago for the summer and it's, there's so much going on there. So yeah. I don't know. It could be a cool place to, to live. I think. Yeah. yeah. And I think like the older we get, the more I'm like, Oh, I need to be close to my family and I need to be, you know, close to like friends. I need to know. Yeah. Cause like it's harder and harder to make friends. That's another thing. It's like making friends is hard, it is, especially yeah. in big cities too. You know, people can get very, people can get very lonely in big exactly. cities. Well, it's, it's just mm-hmm. like really, it's a, it's a challenge. Like, and you know, like, especially the older you get, because obviously when we were younger, yeah. we're in university, we're doing all these things where we automatically have a group of like peers versus yeah. like, even if you work at a job, you might have people like way completely in different places of life than you and not yeah. really want to like socialize and stuff. So yeah, it could be really lonely. But I feel like Daniel's very good at making new friends, aren't you, Daniel? Oh, God damn. I'll be a social butterfly. Oh, goddamn. We should do an episode on making friends as an adult. Mm. We could definitely do and that. I'll ask you questions on this episode because oh, I don't know much. Oh, God. Come on, Rose. You are like just as social as I am. Like, uh, don't, don't no, even. I, don't, I think I'm less. I think I'm less. Like, I have a lot of friends. Don't get me wrong. But most yeah. of them are from, you know, a long time ago. Yeah. So I have a lot of long-term friends. But yeah. uh, in terms of new friends, I don't have that many. Mm. I have quite a lot, actually. But I think I it's also... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a lot of new friends. This is what I'm saying, Daniel. Yeah, you can God do an episode damn. on uh, how to make friends as an adult. Yeah. Now, if only I could take these, this charming friendship face and, you know, charm some man to be my lover. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you charm a lot of men. You just don't want to date them, Daniel. That's true. That's very true. Accurate. Oh, God damn. So what else should we talk about? Are we almost done? Oh, my God. We should probably go soon. Hey. Let me see what time. Oh, yeah. We'd be, it's been almost an hour. Rose. What God. other reality versus uh, expectation is there? <laughs> mm, I don't really know. Oh, I was going to say one thing. And, and, and this, again, it goes back to dating because I feel like we're kind of like partially a oh, dating yes, podcast. Dating. So <laughs> I think it was you, Rose, that introduced me to a certain analogy about big city the life. Fin- the jam? <laughs> yes. So I think that you should tell our listeners about the jam okay. problem and how it applies to the London. D- the jam theory. Okay, so I listen. So there's a book called Modern Romance. It's by Aziz Ansari, mm-hmm. uh, the co- comedian, and he like he and somebody else wrote this book. And I listened to the audiobook of this of this book, and I found it really interesting because he basically discusses like 
you know, the phenomenon of dating and how it's changed from, you know, back when our parents were dating or like our grandparents or whatever, and how it's changed in modern times and how now, even though we have so many different ways of meeting people and even though we are so connected more than ever, somehow we find it harder and harder to find a mate. So he explores this idea in many different facets. So it's not just one, you know, one reason as to why it's harder. But one of the reasons they say is that in a big city, especially because there are more and more people there mm. is something called the the paradox of choice or something yeah. like that, where basically there's way too much choice. And when when people are given too much choice, they don't make any decision at all, basically. Yeah. So he, he equated this to a study. He basically uh, quoted a study that, uh, don't quote me on this. I, I'm just thinking from my memory here. Yeah. But basically, there's a study that was done in somewhere and in a mall they had in a store a a little booth with samples of jam (laughs) (laughs) so so they were giving out samples of jam and they did two different variations of this so one time they were giving out only maybe like five different samples okay so they only had five different jams to choose from and people were tasting the five different jams and another situation they had 20 different flavors of jam okay so in one situation we have less jam in another situation we have more jam yeah. And what's interesting is that when people were um, tasting the jam, more people were uh, like people were trying out more jam when there was, you know, more jam. So yeah. like 27 flavors of jam, more people are trying out different flavors. Yeah. Uh, however, much less people purchased any jam yeah. when they were given the 27 different options. So a lot more people were buying jam with the less options, even though less yeah. people were trying it. So Mm -hmm. if we equate this to humans, (laughs) people are dating, 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 dating. So they'll try out a lot of different people, but they will not commit commit to anyone. Yeah. (laughs) No, but it makes, it makes sense. Like it's a, it's a, it is a very good point. I actually should read this book because like, it's so interesting. Yeah. The, the, the thing I find fascinating is you're right nowadays with technology and everything else and being in a big city, you have all of these apps, you have all of these ability to connect with so many people like Tinder on Bumble and all of these like hundreds of different ways to meet people outside of your social circle and everything else. And yet we're finding it harder and harder to meet people that we want to settle down with. Like people yeah. that we want to, we want to be, you know, in a relationship with. And you know, why is that? Like, that's crazy. Like, you know, you think because we think that like, there's so much more out there maybe, mm-hmm. you know, we subconsciously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also, that's we, so we, like, Oh, also with the jam thing, if you're trying all the different types of jam, you're going to get like FOMO or something when you're like, Oh, I really like that jam, but I also kind of like that jam. Yes. How do I make a decision? Oh, I, yeah. I, if I get this jam, I'm going to take it home and I'm going to regret it and want the other jam or, you know, like it's decision fatigue. It's so, it's totally a, a legitimate thing. Yeah. I think we should, the more options. Pod- oh, God damn. On this, on this topic. God, <laughs> God damn. Rose, the more options the people are given. Yeah. You know, the less likely we're going to make a decision. So they say, mm. that's why they say like, you know, if you actually want to make a decision, like you will need to narrow shit down yeah. without having so many different options. But it's the same. Yeah. Like if I walk into a store and there are 5 million things, like, for example, I walked in... Did I tell you when I went into Goodwill the other day? Mm, I don't think so. So I did not know that Goodwill was gi- fucking gigantic. So yeah. Goodwill is like a thrift store, okay? Yeah. And I went to buy like a little... Like Nari's jacket, which she hates and doesn't want to yeah. wear. <laughs> Anyways, because my neighbor... One of my parents' neighbors told me about how like Goodwill has like, you know, jackets for... Yeah. yeah. So I went in there and I didn't realize... This was before Christmas. And mm. I didn't realize that Goodwill has 5 million Christmas items in there. <laughs> Oh my God, it made me like sick to my stomach a little bit because at first I was like excited, but then I was like, holy shit, we spend so much money on Christmas, yeah. on Christmas decorations that we're just going to throw away or not use or yeah. whatever. I don't know why people don't reuse so, them. This is the thing. Like you can reuse the Christmas decorations. You box them up and use them yeah, the next year. I'm sure they do, but like, oh my God, so many yeah. people donated a lot of these. So yeah. I would rec- recommend if you need to buy Christmas ornaments or Christmas items, go to Goodwill or go to a thrift store because yeah. there's no reason to buy new something new. I bought yeah. a Christmas tree there, like a, you know, like a fake Christmas tree. Yeah. For like thirteen dollars, oh and I was gonna amazing. buy one on. I was gonna buy one new for like fifty, and I'm like, God fuck damn. this shit. Can we do? Anyways, a trip? can we do a trip when I arrive? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Anyways, when I got there, at first I was excited, and and then I because I was gonna buy some Christmas stuff, but then I was like, there is way too much. I can't mm-hmm. think. Like I yeah, cannot yeah, make yeah. a decision because I'll look at one thing and then I'll look at the next thing and then I'll look at the next thing and I'm like, and you get overwhelmed. Okay, I can't decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just too much. It's the same thing with with humans. (laughs) Yeah. There's just too much and you're just like, oh, God. So maybe actually in that that analogy, 
when I, when I get back to Calgary, my dating life is going to be simpler because I'm used to dating yes. in London where there's like all these options. And in Calgary, it might be like much less so I can make a decision. Or because you've already been exposed to London, you still can't make a decision because you still have the big city paradox. <laughs> oh, gosh, Rose. Oh, God. This is why they say like, um, you know, oh, what is the thing? You know, a lot of people are, they're more happy when they are like kind of living in a simpler like way in a sense. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're exposed to like so many different things, now mm-hmm. we're kind of jaded because like we're exposed to all these other things. Yeah. So we're never going to be satisfied essentially. <laughs> oh, oh God. On so many no, levels. No, I'm just joking. Well, I'm joking on, uh, you know, it's about mindset, right? Yeah. No, so no, no, we is. have to, we, as long we have to understand that this is, you know, oh God, I don't even know what I'm saying, but basically, yeah. uh, yeah. So this is why big cities, uh, a lot of people stay single for a long time. I think that's part of it. Of course, that's yeah. not all of it. Right. Of course. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. you so know, that's another, another reality yeah. of living in a big city. Is if you yes, go in there so single. a lot of people think, yeah, a lot of people think, oh, like it's a big city. There's gonna be so many people and yeah, I can yeah. meet so many people. And maybe I'll find the love of my life <laughs> and all this stuff. And I'm not saying that it's not impossible, but mm-hmm. um, there's definitely uh, so many people that it's going to feel overwhelming sometimes. Yeah. <clears throat> this is very true. So, so move to a small town yeah. <laughs> and you meet, you meet the love of your life living oh, next to you. Oh, God damn. God damn. That's so the true. The boy next door. The bo- <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Shall Anyways. We, shall, shall, we, shall we finish off this uh, podcast then with a little... Yes. I think we shall finish off this podcast. Would you like to provide our vegan nugget today? Oh, God damn. So much pressure. What is a vegan nugget that I haven't talked about yet? This is hard. These vegan nuggets are difficult. Right? right? Um, Should we just talk about a little bit about... Okay, so let's just give the viewer, uh, listeners a little bit of a story of how you went... Why does why you decided to go vegan? Just a little nugget. Okay, Doesn't have really to be quick, advice. A, a really quick one. So uh, I was vegetarian before for like six months. And then um, basically went vegan for the month of January um, for Veganuary, that like whole like promotion thing that was going on. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, Rose, I was living with, living with Rose. And I was like, you know what? Let's do this. Um, and I think the biggest, the main reason for me though, I mean, obviously there's the ethical side, but like I really didn't fully understand the environmental impacts of animal agriculture. And I think that for me is the biggest push as to why, you know, I know it should be, everyone has their own reasons, but mine is primarily mm-hmm. like the environmental aspect of it. So if you haven't, there's like some really good documentaries I would suggest checking out. Um, one of them was, uh, I think it's still on Netflix, Cowspiracy. So that talks really yes. from the angle of, you know, um, environmental destruction and everything else. And that was really for me an eye opener because, you know, we, we constantly think about the, the ethical side of it, but then we, for, sometimes I think we forget also the amount of land and water usage to feed the animals that we're slaughtering mm-hmm. and it, for that mm-hmm. industry that we forget about that part of it. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So that's, that's the little thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Have you watched, uh, like an, like a more ethical, like animal rights based documentary? Uh, I haven't actually, cause I remember you were going to, okay, we're going to sit down one. and we're going to watch it. Okay. What was that one called? The mm. really, really bad one that I was scared to watch. Earthlings. Yes. Yes. But I also, there's a new one, um, called dominion, which I haven't seen. So we okay. should watch that together. Okay. We will. Maybe we'll watch it and do a little, you know, Commentary. little, uh, podcast afterwards. Mm-hmm. I think we should. Oh, God damn, Daniels. Why not? You're going to be an ethical vegan. Oh, God damn. <laughs> I'll be oh, ethical, God okay? damn. Oh, God. You be ethical? You sure about mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Oh, God damn. Anyways. Anyways. All right, you guys. Uh, so that was the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed, found mm-hmm. it interesting. Uh, yeah. Don't forget that uh, for those of you that are supporting us on Patreon, you get the episodes early. So do consider us, uh, do consider supporting us on Patreon. Again, mm-hmm. you also get a bonus episode every single month. So yeah. that's exciting. Uh, so that's patreon.com slash the savage podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram and all of our links are on our Instagram. So that's the savage podcast on Instagram. Yeah. And yeah. Anything else to say, Dan? I think that's it. Yeah. All so right, thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next time. All right. See you guys okay, later. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs>